If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates ba bum ba ba bum ba Welcome to Batmates Hurricane Edition. My name is Becca, and we've got a front of superheroes rolling in. My name is Josh, and it looks like rental cars are underwater with water in their cup holders. Oh no. <laughs> Too soon. Mm, yeah, that's what happened to me, everybody. Mm-hmm. Not me, because I moved my car when a hundred signs told me that I should. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're Becca and Josh. This is a podcast about Batman, but first a little personal news. Uh, we got flooded real bad last yep. weekend. Well, we live in like a floodplain basically right next to a river, so mm-hmm. is to be expected. Yeah. And Josh's rental car started um, basically floating down the river. That's not what happened. No, it stayed where it stayed put, but uh, it got a lot of brown water in it. Mm-hmm. So we were displaced for a couple of days, which is why this is going to be a slightly shorter episode, but we're fine now. And we're happy to be home, and so are our cats. Yep, yep. Okay, well, uh, do you want to start with news? Yeah, well, this is a Batman podcast, like I said, and we love each other. Oh. And that's the important thing (laughs) to say. But yes, here's a little bit of news. Uh, So DC Fandom is coming October 16th, and there will be trailers and presentations about basically everything that we've ever talked about on this podcast. So obviously we'll get a sneak peek about uh, big things like the Batman, the Flash, the Black Adam, uh, and the new Shazam movie. Uh, but we'll also get some more info about Peacemaker, Bat Wheels. Oh, the Har- like toddler show? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and Gotham Knights. Nice. Those latter two being games that Josh and I have really been wanting to play. Yeah, I'm super excited. I hope they announce like a, an official release date because I know keeps getting pushed back Mm -hmm. which one are you more excited to play and why oh boy that's a good question i think i'm i'm more excited to see gotham knights just because i want to know what it is like i think i have a decent idea of how suicide squad kills justice league is going to play like i played the other rocksteady games which are the arkham games and like i know it's not going to be like that but i think it's going to be like a third-person shooter kind of thing with, like, a campaign, sort of like how, like, Gears of War or Mass Effect kind of play. Interesting. Is Gotham Knights WB Montreal? Yeah, it's okay. WB Montreal. So it's almost like a little, like, competition between the two studios that have made Batman games. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting. I want to see how they, they, like, handle the multiplayer and if it's going to feel like you need to play multiplayer or if it's going to feel like it's a single-player game with, like... You know, people can help you out. I don't know. All right, cool. When we play, are you going to just be Nightwing the whole time? I would love to be Nightwing most of the time. I might switch to Red Hood some of the time. Okay. <laughs> I will probably play Batgirl most of the time. Yeah. What are the other playable characters? I think it's... I think it's um, Damien? No, I think it's Jason. Not okay. Jason. Uh, Tim? I think it's Tim. Tim... Uh, Red Hood, Nightwing, and Batgirl, I think, are the four that you can play as. Okay. And now you can play as Tim's boyfriend, also. (laughs) It's a a late addition to the game. Not true. Not true. We'll see. DLC? It could be. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, great. So the other piece of news I have is about Black Canary. Uh, a Black Canary project is in the works at HBO Max with Journey Smollett reprising the role of Dinah Lance from Birds of Prey. Oh. Yeah. And I hope this version actually gets her in her regular costume. Uh, she was rocking some kind of like blue and yellow thing in Birds of Prey. And I just really like the simplicity of Dinah's like fishnets and jacket and motorcycle gloves. Like that's all she needs. She doesn't need anything else. She can kill you with her voice and she can also punch you to death. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah, it's a great costume. It really is like a, a lesson in how like simple can be iconic. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like a little blue jacket mm -hmm. <laughs> over top of uh, a woman dressed like a biker. Pretty much. Yeah. She, you know, just like a cute little like leather romper, mm -hmm. basically. And she's covered. It's not about modesty or anything. I, don't know. I think she looks great. So I'd be I'd be up for seeing that iconic costume mm -hmm. in whatever they're going to do. Um, and the script is reportedly being written by Misha Green, who adapted Lovecraft Country for HBO, uh, which also starred Journey Smollett. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't read the book Lovecraft Country, and we only watched like the first couple of episodes of the show because it uh -huh. got really weird yeah um it's it's like a young adult series or something right it's just i think it's just one book oh okay but the book is kind of like vignettes almost, okay, okay sort of like how there was sort of like little connectivity between the episodes mm. there's sort of like things keep happening to these people okay like you remember the episode where journey smollett's character starts to live in like a haunted house yes and then like i don't know all this other stuff happens so in that part in the book it's like a little more like whimsical than that she just sort of like makes a bunch of ghost friends <laughs> in her new haunted house so it's a little strange so okay so they made it a little more mature a little bit yeah okay yeah i don't know maybe we'll go back and watch do it you some think point. this version of black canary is gonna have a thing with green arrow or no well they haven't introduced green arrow into this tele this like uh, movie, movie universe, universe yeah. at all and I just feel like the Arrow series like ran for so long and it started so much lore <laughs> that like how, unless they're really just going to like go all out with this like, yep, it's just several different universes. Like, I don't know. I think they are going all in with the Flash movie to, to be like, this is because they're I mean, they're basically what they're doing now is copying Marvel, but like at the same time as Marvel. So they're doing like Marvel is doing all their multiverse stuff. Yeah. And DC is like, and we have multiple Earths too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird how like the multiverse thing didn't come from just this sort of creative place like it did in the comics of like, oh, well, we want to sort of, you know. Change who's who. Yeah, and, like yeah. wrap up some of these storylines that don't make any sense. Well, what if there's just like different Earths? It came from this weird like corporate cash grab of like <laughs> companies being traded and sold and bought <laughs> out from underneath each other. And so like everything belongs to all these different disparate <laughs> corporate wings. And so in order to rationalize it all, they're like, oh, multiverse. <laughs> it's very strange. Well, that's all the news I had. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's get on to the comic then. Uh, because we talk about Silver Age comics on this, we are talking about the very beginning of the Silver Age, 1956 with issue Batman 101. August 1956 is the cover date. Uh, it's the Great Bat Cape Hunt is the story that we're covering. Writer was Bill Finger, penciler was Sheldon Moldov, inker Charles Paris, and letterer Pat Gordon. So we open in the Batcave, with Bruce telling Alfred how to do his job. <laughs> of course, we will later see that Alfred is maybe going a little soft in the head. 
So maybe this makes sense. Uh, but Bruce tells Alfred to be careful with the cowl that he's cleaning because it is a special one that was sent in by a man who discovered Batman's identity and stitched a patch inside the cape that says Bruce Wayne is Batman. He then, quote unquote, ironically, died soon after. Yeah, that's so Dick Grayson says that this is irony. It's that's not what irony is, Dick. Did Batman kill this man? <laughs> No, I think a lot of times what happens, and I was actually reading a whole article about this, is like all the people who know Batman's identity, all the people who have learned Batman's identity, and like 99% of the time, the person either dies immediately afterward uh, through no fault of their own, <laughs> or through fault of their own sometimes, yeah, uh, their own hubris sometimes, uh, or they like get amnesia. Or, or, and then there's a double whammy of, like, it'll look like they died, but then if they bring the character back, the character will say that they've gotten amnesia, so yeah. it makes sense that they don't know Batman's identity. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Lazarus Pit erased that part of my memory. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, the only one that I can remember from something we watched recently was uh, Alberto Falcone's death in the adaptation of... Um, Long Halloween. Long Halloween part one. Yeah. Where it's so stupid because like literally Batman lands on a ship and Selena is like, Bruce? And Alberta fucking is like, Bruce, where is Batman? And then he dies like a second later. And I'm like, Selena, you did not. He's all dressed up. He's in the costume. You didn't need to say his name. That's okay because he died because the guy who learned it died right immediately afterwards. That's exactly what happens. It's, so it's a death sentence to learn Batman's true identity. Yeah. We're all, none of us are safe. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Anyway, no time to dwell on that mysterious death because Hurricane Hannah is barreling down on Gotham and it's time for Batman and Robin's number one duty, protecting the elites of Gotham from looters. <laughs> this is the second time we've read a comic like this. I'm starting to think that despite your real world statistics about looting, Gotham has a documented history of looters and that's why Batman worries. No, it's propaganda. <laughs> He doesn't stop any looters in this comic, so maybe you are right. Exactly. There's nobody out there. Everybody, which I can't say for the real people in a hurricane who I happen to have watched live streamed. So before the hurricane hit us, it hit Louisiana and people are, you know, obviously they were hit very badly down there. People are very displaced. If you have any money to uh, donate, please, please do, because people need help all over the country right now, especially in the in the Gulf areas. Um, but anyway. Uh, I was watching some live streams when it was first uh, making landfall, and it was a live stream of Bourbon Street in the middle of New Orleans. And people, not a lot of people, but like every two minutes or so, someone would just sort of wander into view, just kind of like walking around like there isn't a massive hurricane going on all around them. <laughs> I don't know where they were going or where they were coming from. Uh, I saw one guy on a bike, and I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Get back to your home. So, yeah. Um, but in Gotham, people are staying off the streets, or at least they didn't want to draw them. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> didn't want to draw them. That's also probably part of it. Probably. Uh, so after getting their uniforms from Alfred, the dynamic duo head out to score some drugs. I mean, fix a hanging sign that says drugs on it. <laughs> um, and Batman scales up the wall to fix the sign. While he's on drugs, the wind rips off his cape and cowl. <laughs> Okay, the, the comic calls this a savage blast of wind, and I thought that savage blast sounded like a cool new flavor of Gatorade or like fruit gushers. <laughs> the, the savage blast. The new Gatorade savage blast. What would that taste like? <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
Probably like watermelon, pomegranate or something. They already have a watermelon flavor. Pomegranate Savage Blast. <laughs> Terrible. Put it in your mouth hole. Put it in your mouth hole, though. So Batman goes back to his car to get one of, I would assume, many spare capes mm-hmm. from the trunk. But he is interrupted by a call from Alfred with some terrible news. The cowl that he just lost is the one that has his secret identity sewn into it. His career as Batman is over. Okay, I'm going to say this story is strongly an Earth 2 story. Because this is a very Alfred Beagle sort of thing to do. This is like Alfred Beagle post-losing weight. (laughs) Not Alfred Pennyworth. So Bruce doesn't trust him. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not the real Alfred. That's why Bruce didn't trust him in the beginning is because he has a, a storied history of bungles. Yeah, this is the Alfred who didn't raise him. Yeah, who wasn't who, who wasn't, just like showed up at his doorstep and was like, "I'm your I'm your butler now." Yeah, who wasn't a, a proven member of like MI6 with all his mm-hmm. military training and yep, yep, who could yep, kill you with a. Fall. For more info about Alfred's history, go back to our episodes on Alfred. Yeah, our Alfred series. So after the storm, my new favorite character, André Prévost, is taking a walk in Gotham, lamenting that his thick French accent prevents him from being cast in films (laughs) as the great stuntman he was born to be. This is basically a two-panel adaptation of the Oscar-winning film The Artist. (laughs) As fortune would have it, Batman's cowl floats gently into André's arms, and he immediately has a plan to turn his luck around. Mm -hmm. So when he gets this, this, like, costume, this cape, he, he says, like, oh, it must be from a costumes shop. This establishes that there are costume stores that are selling Batman's capes. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there, like, a million Batman pretenders out there? There probably are. I mean, <laughs> we see it in um, The Dark Knight. I'm not wearing hockey pads. I guess so. I mean, we know that people wear these things to costume parties. Because later on in the comic, even somebody says, like, oh, somebody must have worn this to a masquerade party. Like, Batman's just, like, a common character to dress up as for costume parties. Well, I bet the ones that they're wearing at costume parties aren't as high quality as the, like, military-grade Kevlar (laughs) that Batman has to be rocking, even in the 60s. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that, like, criminals wouldn't start wearing these from costume shops to, like, carry out crimes. And, and, like, try and frame Batman. Or even if they know that, like, you know, they can't frame Batman just to, like, hide their identities. Is it gimmick infringement? Is, is it because of the, the untold law of gimmick infringement? It's gimmick infringement. It's also, um, you know, as criminals, they want to know. They want people to know their identities. They want to they want they wanna become the notoriety. famous in the underworld. Yeah. And, or if they're going to wear their, a costume that hides their identity, they're going to do it in their own color. Like, you know, the Riddler's got green. Mm. You know, you can't just... Gimmick infringe, yes. Okay, and so it's gimmick infringement is what it is. It is. It's ungentlemanly. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Gotham may be full of crime, but they're at least uh, gentlemanly about it. Yeah. Also, like I'm saying, not everyone has the body to fill out that suit. (laughs) Very few people have the body to fill out that suit. (laughs) We cut to a studio lot where a director and an AD watch in awe as Batman successfully completes a motorcycle stunt that no one else had the gonads to try. However, when he lands, the two men notice he's only wearing his cloak. I love this look. This Frenchman's look of, like, Batman. So it's just the the cape and cowl. And then he's got, like, a wife beater and short shorts. It's right up there with, like, shirtless Batman from the animated series. In that episode uh, where he's in the desert. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is that? It's like the second part of Head of the Demon, I think. Yeah. Where he like kisses Talia and he just has the cowl on and he's like naked from from the waist up. Sometimes that's how it's gotta be. (laughs) 
Well, surprise, it's our hero, Andre. And after not giving him the job because of his stupid froggy accent, the director <laughs> relents and agrees to pay him to risk his life. Exactly my question. Why didn't the director give him the job the first time? He said that everyone else turned it down. So does he just like hate the French? I mean, listen, you saw the artist, right? <laughs> no, I actually haven't. Oh, well, okay. You don't find out until like the last line. But the whole time the, uh, the guy is like freaking out because he's like, I can't be in talkies. I can't do it. There's no way. My career is over. I hate this. Blah, blah, blah. At the end, it like turns to color and the sound turns on for the first time and you hear him just say like a thank you in like a very thick like French accent. And you're like, oh, that's why he couldn't be in talkies because he's French. Okay. Uh. So yeah, I'm sure he met this guy. And he was like, I am the greatest motorcycle man in the world. And they were like, no. <laughs> Are we going to talk about what the what the director says? I like, wasn't, but you can. <laughs> okay. So when they see this, uh, the stuntman dressed up as Batman come in, he goes, Batman's only only wearing his cloak. And then the director goes, there's no law that says Batman's got to wear all of his costume all of the time. To which I respond, there's no law that says Batman has to wear some of his costume some of the time. In fact, in most places, vigilantism is illegal. Unless you're deputized. <laughs> it's true, he's deputized. So he gets <laughs> exempt from that, I guess. He is. It doesn't make sense. No. You would think... Did they, like, rewrite the wall? You think Gotham, like, rewrote the walls? It's a comic book, Joshua. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you have the same energy as that woman who, who's like, how does Mario breathe spa- air in space? And she goes, he's a cartoon. <laughs> You're not allowed to bring up other podcasts on our podcast. It wasn't a podcast. It was a YouTube video. All right. Leave it, leave it alone. Back in his dressing room, Andre greets the real Batman and Robin who heard about his fantastic audition on the news and came down there to congratulate him and maybe also find the cape. Mm-hmm. Andre admits that he did read the paper on the inside, but he is unfortunately not great at reading English and he didn't understand. <laughs> okay. Okay. The logistics okay. of okay. this. Okay, stop. 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 Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast right now. <laughs> Andre speaks English. He's clearly not fluent. But he can hold a conversation. Uh-huh. And French and English have the same alphabet. <laughs> yes. So yes. you're telling me that Andre couldn't have just sounded out what was on the cape and understood it? He knows the word Batman. <laughs> he knows the word is. He should know what a proper name looks like. <laughs> so you're telling me he couldn't figure it out from context clues? Uh, okay, 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 okay. To his credit... The entire, like, Bruce Wayne is Batman. That it was is printed. all in caps. It's all in caps. Maybe it's because it's so all it's, in caps. It's possible that he didn't know that they were proper nouns because they weren't capitalized. <laughs> okay. But also... Hey, that Bruce Wayne, never heard those words before. <laughs> but also, he's been in Gotham for, I don't know, more than a week. He doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is? No. Why would Why would he? Because he's everywhere. Wayne, no, he's not. You think he would... Oh, Wayne. Oh, look, that giant building says Wayne on it. I don't oh, think Oh, look, Wayne... this park says Wayne on it. <laughs> oh, look, this other building says Wayne on it. Oh, look, at the the phone, the pay phones say Wayne Tech on them. You think he's, uh... You think he's, like... He's just lying. Because I think that that's what's happening. I think he's, like... He's, like, he knows who Batman is. He he knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. But he knows he'll die. But he knows that if he, he fesses up to it, that, that he's gonna... You know, he's he's put at risk of death. So. Maybe. So he's, he's like, no, no idea. Couldn't read it. Okay. We have to move on before my head explodes. <laughs> anyway, the cape is gone. <laughs> Frenchie left it on the windowsill. Like, <laughs> like the cheese eater he is. <laughs> and now it's gone. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, in an alley where crime is happening, a night- <laughs> I'm going to warn you, Joshua, you're not going to want to drink during these next couple of paragraphs. <laughs> Put your drink down <laughs> and just trust me. A nice social worker is the victim of an attempted mugging. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's carrying charity funds. Suddenly, who appears from the shadows to strike fear into the hearts of the superstitious and cowardly criminals and be the very essence of vengeance personified? It's him, the newest member of the Bat family, Batpole. <laughs> okay, wait. So I do want to cover, before we move on, this social worker who has the funds for the charity specifically states to the bandits that they are funds for a charity Mm -hmm. and the bandits go we know that's why we've been waiting for you exactly they're bandits that specifically rob charities yeah what kind of awful people do you have to be to do that it's gotham (laughs) i i i feel like most people turn to crime not because they want to be evil people, but because uh, they don't have anywhere else to turn. In reality, yes. <laughs> but in a comic book, no. It's because crime is fun and so is evil. And you get to wear a cool costume if you get good enough at it. <laughs> okay. 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 Can I finish talking about Batpole? Okay. Because this is going to be a multi-million dollar... You're going to need to explain what it is first. Oh, okay. Sure. So... Uh, basically Batman's cowl landed on a no parking stanchion and uh, the criminals see the shadow and they think it's Batman. But it's mm-hmm. really Batpole, the newest member of the Bat family. Okay. Okay, we got to get it on the ground floor here. You're oh, gonna, boy. You're going to call Mattel. We're going to need Batpole action figures pronto. <laughs> okay. Who, who can we cast for the movie? Um, Adrian Brody is pretty skinny, but he's getting up there in years. <laughs> Andrew Garfield deserves his superhero redemption arc after two terrible Spider-Man movies. Now, Eddie Redmayne, he's an okay choice, but he's a little too short and a little too charismatic. I think he'd be a better fit to play Batpole's sidekick, Robim. Okay. <laughs> you think that this is a lot funnier than it actually is. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I you you telling me Robim is not funny. No, it's not. Robim is amazing. It's a bad pun. It's a bad pun is what it is. So, okay, these criminals get spooked by uh, Batman's cow that has landed on a parking meter. Yes. Okay, with Batpole taking on the dirty work of stopping the thieves, Batman waltzes in a moment later to collect the glory. <laughs> the social worker thanks Batman for saving his life and leads him back to the alley to meet the newest hero in town. But Batpole is gone, leaving just his mild-mannered alter ego, Stan Shun. <laughs> So moving on. I'm just shaking my head over here. The listeners can't hear it, but I'm shaking my head. As I was writing this, I told Josh he was going to divorce me after this episode. (laughs) We see earlier, Batpole did tangle with some sort of foe who disrobed him, read the tag inside, and then hid the cape behind a trash can. The disrespect. Mm. Well, this this, uh, unnamed, unshown figure also mentions that, like... He's seen, he's seen the tag. He says, like, the criminals in the underworld will pay big money to know this. And then he stashes it away. Mm-hmm. And then the comic, again, does the um, Dora the Explorer thing of, readers, can you guess who it is? Yes, I can tell just by his, his wrists. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes, th- those hands are very clearly... <laughs> the cape is then used as a chew toy by a puppy... And found by some random fool in a mustard suit. Uh, Colonel Mustard, who used to be a pilot, 
wanders down the street in half a Batman costume, lamenting that he is a big coward now following a mental breakdown. Okay, his you name is say. not Colonel Mustard. His name is Floyd Baker. I'm calling him Colonel Mustard. Why does Floyd Baker sound familiar? I was reading this and I was like, Floyd Baker sounds like a name that I know. Am I just thinking of Troy Baker, the voice actor? Probably, yes. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, a girl who does not know how to read body language begs Batman to come and help her, and Colonel Mustard obliges. <laughs> the girl asks Mustard to please bring her kitty down from the ledge. Very important details here. The kitty's name is Dusty, she is gray, and she looks soft. Okay. Wait, uh, I, I didn't mention this before. I wanted to commend Sheldon Moldov on the dog that he drew. Oh, yeah. It's a passable dog. It does look like a dog. It looks scruffy. It's a, it like, upon first glance, you can tell that it's supposed to be a dog. It doesn't just look like a, like a man <laughs> on four legs <laughs> with a sharp face. Which is what, which is what his dogs typically look That's like. That's what Ace looks like, yeah. And the cat looks like a cat, although in this one, when it's angry, it does look a little <laughs> less like a cat. <laughs> But it's pretty good. Sheldon Maldon just has real trouble, like, drawing animals. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's as, a problem of his. As do we all. His faces are okay. Like, he's good at faces. It's really small. Oh, I try to zoom in to see a really small one. Oh. That's okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Social anxiety and fear of confrontation is what forces this man into action also. Yes. Like, he's like, I don't want to tell this girl that Batman's not real, so I gotta, I, I just gotta, like, do it. Yeah. Well, Mustard gathers all of his courage, knowing, as we all do, that the day may come when you are asked to give your life for a cat. And in that moment, we regret that we have but one life to give for a soft <laughs> kitty like Dusty. <laughs> Anyway, he saves the cat, and the girl is thrilled, and his nervous breakdown is cured. Maybe I need to buy you a Batman cow to get you to ride roller coasters, because no. it cures his fear of heights. I ride plenty of roller coasters, and I never feel good about it afterwards. <laughs> Each roller coaster I ride makes me less likely to ride the next one. Would you Would you feel better if you were wearing a cowl and a cape like Batman? No, I wouldn't. I would be worried it would get stuck on the car, and I would die. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's a pretty good fear. So enter Batman to get all of the credit once again. Mm -hmm. After following the girl's directions, the dynamic duo soon find the mustard man and get the cloak back. But the man has seen the tag and all seems lost until Batman sees the tag himself and notices that it's now blank. Enter the deus exiest of all the machinas, <laughs> Superman, which Robin just yells in the middle of the street like people can't even hear him. I was like, yeah, sure, Dick. Go ahead and announce it to everybody, asshole. I should have. He's dressed as Clark Kent. And Robin's just like, Superman! <laughs> okay. So Superman reveals that he stumbled across the cape after coming into town to do some hurricane cleanup. He doesn't mention looters. I do mm. want to say. Yeah, he was here to stop fires is what he says. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a fire after a hurricane? I guess it could happen. I mean, we've had a lot of fire trucks around here after our flood. That's true, yeah. I think it's like, you know, the hurricane like downs power lines and stuff. And so they electric strike stuff. It catches fire, you know? Yeah. So Superman reveals that he stumbled across the cape. Uh, and he saw the secret written inside it and erased it with his x-ray vision. Yeah, so I don't know if that's how x-rays work. <laughs> the secret tag is gone, but the cape is now exuding high levels of radiation. <laughs> so be careful. And so Batman's secret is safe. Thanks to French ignorance, Superman, and the only hero who stopped a crime in this entire comic, Batpole. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think the moral of the story is that maybe the real Batman's cape was inside us all along. Mm -hmm, I agree. <laughs> you get the courage to do stuff, not because of you wear the cape, but because 
The cape found you? I don't know. You might be a mild-mannered police stanchion telling people not to park here, but you can stop a crime too. <laughs> true. True, true. All right, I did want to talk about some of the like ads that are in this There's this some wild issue. ones. There's some real crazy ones. So right after this comic, like at the end of the book, there's Disneyland Television. Uh, it says, complete with eight rolls of color film. I'm going to dispute that fact. Now you have, it says, okay, I'm going to read the ad copy here. Now you can have hours of fun seeing and showing your favorite Disneyland to your friends and family. Eight rolls of four color film make up 112 different pictures of Disneyland and his friends. It seems like whoever wrote this ad copy doesn't know what Disneyland is. Yeah. Or who Mickey Mouse is. Yeah. Although it mentions Mickey Mouse. Yeah, does the, it? So there's like a picture of Mickey Mouse and a picture of Peter Pan and they both look like knockoffs. Like but they, one really good picture of Davy Crockett. Yeah. I don't know why. Like there's Donald Duck, Davy Crockett, Mickey Mouse, and Peter Pan. But the Mickey Mouse and the Peter Pan look like the kind of like drawings that you would see on the side of one of those child care centers that like doesn't actually have the rights to it and yeah. isn't using copyrighted work. Michael Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I don't know why they have these awful pictures on the on the um, ad, but it's so weird to me. The color film claim is a lie. These are just like comic book strips that are all the same size panels that you feed through the viewport on the quote unquote television on like scrolls. So you load the scroll into one end and then you like like turn a knob and scroll the comic through on the other end. The coupon of the like company that you send it off to is called Joe's Lee Company. But these things were made by a company named Lido, uh, which is another company that made a bunch of this like plastic garbage, like the Civil War soldiers that we get advertised in these comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like the, the Joe's Lee Company is just like a shell company or something. It's like a P.O. box that they had in New York that they just used to. I don't I don't even know why. Like, maybe to pay out of a fund for tax purposes for the advertisements. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, These, like, televisions were made for a bunch of different properties. I looked it up. And so you could get, like, a Popeye one, a Flintstones one, a Yogi Bear one, or a Howdy Doody one. And I think I saw a Zorro one, too. So just, like, a bunch of different Disney Hanna-Barbera properties. You could get comics that were based on them, and then you would just feed them through this this roll on something that is vaguely shaped like a television. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in this issue, we get a story about motorcycle policemen. The, the last issue we got was in, uh, was about horse policemen that I mentioned. And uh, this issue, we, get, <laughs> we talk about motorcycle policemen. And the article mentioned something that, like, I didn't know was a thing. If you think today's police force is militarized, they had armored sidecars on motorcycles with mounted machine guns for uh, automobile bandits. Hmm. I don't know if these were, like, common, but I could find pictures of them, which is really scary. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would want the police with those uh, nowadays. A machine gun? A machine gun. Like a Gatling gun? Like an automatic weapon. Like a a Tommy gun. Dang. (laughs) Mounted on the sidecar of a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, I don't see too many... To keep the peace. Yeah, to keep the peace. I don't see too many motorcycle policemen. I think it's just, like, too dangerous for them. 
Um, I remember seeing a lot of bike policemen when we lived in Philly. Yeah, like cops in in cities. I've seen a couple of motorcycle cops, but yeah. there's not a whole lot of them. I think it's just because like motorcycles are dangerous. Like you, they are. You if you get like bumped, you know, if you're chasing somebody or whatever, and they like drive into you, you you could die. Mm-hmm. You know, even even with all of your protective gear. Um, and then finally, the last ad that I wanted to talk about was uh, Winchester Super Speed Roller Skates, which actually drew their own comic within this comic. Ooh. And a boy skates down like a dock to save a, a drowning boy and then gets like commended by the police. Oh, yeah. He's like, I would have never been able to reach that, that boy in time. Uh, so yeah, the, they're trying to sell your, their roller skates on the fact that you'll be able to get places quickly and uh, I guess get commended by the police mm. and they won't shoot you with their machine gun mounted on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah <sidecar>. really <clears throat> well that's all i had to talk about the, some of the other ads are stuff that we've seen before like the cloverine salve and, and the the tracks that like are uh what are they like bible verses or whatever yeah <laughs> but just a fun little vaguely hurricane related uh comic this week to tide us over. Um, I had fun. Did you? Yeah, I did. This is a great one. This okay. is a real silly one. Okay. I'm still kind of try- questioning why this Frenchman couldn't read. You know what? We'll never have the answers. Uh, we might turn back to this comic at some point. There was a story in the beginning that Josh wanted to cover about the Robin Mobile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might get back to that at some point. <laughs> um, great. Well, we hope you have a good week. Um, if you were affected by this storm, I hope you're doing Okay. Um, and I hope that you, everything turns out all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can follow us, um, on Twitter at Batmates and you can send us an email at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. So have a good week, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.